first of all, I just want to thank the church for the ability to have a sabbatical the last couple of months. It's during a very busy time in the church, usually for me even. And so I was very grateful to be able to have a very quiet Christmas with uh, Doug and my kids. So thank you very much for that opportunity. And thank you to everyone who stepped up during that time to help with all the Christmas festivities, including that Christmas Eve service. So thank you very much. Um, but I'm back now and I'm ready to bring the word to you. Uh, just before Christmas, uh, we were doing a series called Encountering Jesus. And so it seemed natural to enter into a follow-up series in this new year called Encountering the Spirit. And my hope that we as a church can start this new year together open, which is already being said in the worship this morning. That we can start with this openness in our services, openness in our time together, and increased openness so that we can be willing to see what God wants to reveal to us about this distinct person named the Holy Spirit. This great gift of his spirit for you and for all of us today. Last week, Barry set up the series by describing this foundational belief we have as Christians. That we believe in one God, but, it is but he is represented in three distinct, unique persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But still again, one singular God, one singular being. The English word we use to describe this triune nature of God is the Trinity. It's our attempt to capture this beautiful reality of a three-in-one God, a God who lives in relationship at the core. And it's in relationship that all of us created in God's image are invited to also participate in, to have God in us and us in God through Jesus. So yes, the concept of a triune yet one God is really outside of the realms of our human capacity to fully understand. But despite our ability to comprehend it or not, for thousands of years, people have personally encountered the different distinct persons of our God. Through faith, people have testimonies upon testimonies of encounters with God the Father, God the Son Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, all in different ways, yet the same God with the same purpose. So as seen in the opening scriptures to our Bible that we read last week, that opening narrative setting the stage for the created world, we read how the Spirit's presence is the first on the scene that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The same Spirit that later rose Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit that through accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior lives in us by faith, that Spirit. But first, before we unpack more about encountering this Holy Spirit, I have a question for you. Despite the idea of the Spirit of God being able to live inside of you, do you ever feel like you don't know what you're doing? Am I alone in this? Maybe you've taken on some new hobbies or some new skills and disciplines for this new year with your New Year's resolutions, and already you feel like you don't know what you're doing with it. Or maybe there's even stuff you took on last year that you tried to add into your life and you're still feeling you're not quite meeting those goals. Or maybe you've taken on a new responsibility at work or maybe a new job altogether. 
Or maybe you're leading a group of people in some way or you're taking on a few courses at school. Maybe you're in the middle of the busyness of parenting young children or teenagers even. And in any of these things, you really may not feel like you know what you're doing. I have this problem whenever I learn a new skill. I always feel like I'm a poser. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a lack of self-confidence or maybe it's my personality. When I was younger, um, there was a time that I bought a hoodie that had the popular skateboarding company logo on the front of that hoodie. And I made sure I had the high-end skateboard that went with that hoodie that everybody else was riding at that time. And, um, sorry. and so I tried very briefly to be a skater but I ended up finding that posing as a skater was much easier than actually doing the task. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched skateboarders at skate parks. When they fall, it hurts. It looks horrible. So instead, I just felt like maybe I should just stand there with this cool skateboard instead. But like I mentioned, it's not uncommon for me to feel like I'm posing at something until I'm still, that I'm still learning, even though I could be learning it for a long time already. Another secret be known, I still feel like I'm posing when I'm playing my guitar, even though I've been playing it since I was 13 years old. Somehow, I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing with it on some level. It could be the fact that I was self-taught, I don't know. But when I read that a poser is defined as someone who pretends to be someone or something they are not, someone who's inauthentic or insincere or even deceptive, I don't want to be that. But I do struggle at times feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. Authentically and sincerely feel like I don't know what I'm doing. It's like I reside in that space between faking something or knowing how to do something really well. So I'm not quite a poser, but I'm not an expert. I'm some awkward attempt in between. So if you can relate to this, that right now you have something that you're doing in your life in which you feel like you really don't know what you're doing, I feel for you. And is there any hope for us today? As I re reflected on this conflict within myself, I found myself asking God, how can one move away from that feeling of inadequacy? And as God often does, he invites me to look deeper within and return to that foundational state of simply asking, who are you? Forget about what you're doing. First, who are you? And let's begin there. That before adding on the layers of an employee or, or a, a, an employer or a parent or partner or student or artist or musician, athlete and so on, who are you at your core? Our life springs forth from that core of knowing who we are. And thankfully with Jesus, he wants to reveal to you who you are. That in knowing Jesus, you can solidify who you are to better approach all that this life has you doing. We read in a familiar verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So first of all, when we put our faith in Jesus, we are made new. Our core is free from any sin that had easily entangled it, and we are free. So who are we? We are absolutely free. And then we read in Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ 
even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We're not only free inside, but we are made alive through Jesus. That at the core of who we are is life. Fresh, new life. Saved from that sin that tries to destroy you. It is from that place that we can approach what we are doing in our lives. That what we do in our lives comes out of first knowing we are truly alive in Christ. That when God the Father so loved the world that he sent his only son and that whoever believes in Jesus would not perish but have eternal life. That when that happened, that eternal life gets set in our hearts now. So even when we live in a world with death and decay that's all around us, we have this promise of eternal life given to us to live out of now and to even behave out of. That when you confess with your mouth as we read in the book of Romans that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you were saved. And I'm not just talking about like a partial salvation. It was a full salvation. That is, salvation is not just at that moment of confession that you, phew, got away from some eternal death, but his salvation, his saving of you is an ongoing, fully encompassing salvation that continues to work on us all through our earthly life, on every level of our existence even, in our body, mind, and spirit. I know these ideas seem elementary, especially if you've been in the church for a long time. You should know these things. You know of Jesus and his salvation, but so often we have to return to these beginnings again and again to ponder them, to observe, are we living in the fullness of the goodness of which it speaks? How alive do you feel this morning? How alive do you feel towards the upcoming year? How alive do you feel to the things that are occupying your life right now? How free do you feel? But wait, there's more. There's more at that core than simply a new life and salvation. It says in Ephesians 1 verse 3, that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing in Christ, we are just simply blessed. At our core, we are a walking blessing. Do you know how blessed you are to be alive in Christ? I grew up with a father who regularly taught Bible studies on knowing who you are in Christ. Because knowing that gives you a firm foundation on how to walk out the rest of your life. No need to pose or no need to wonder what you're doing. Focusing on who you are in Christ is of great benefit. But we can so easily forget. We can so easily get off track. We can so easily doubt or be distracted. And remember, we also have an enemy that wants to prevent us from living in that fullness. Am I really new? Am I really that alive? Am I blessed even? This is where the role of the Holy Spirit comes in. Being able to live in the fullness of who you are because of your faith in Jesus, you need the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus knew once he left this world how hard it would be for those who had never seen him in person, how hard it would be to believe without seeing. He said to his disciples in John chapter 20, because you have seen me, you have believed. But then he adds, blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. Blessed are those, because that's hard. That is us today, believing without seeing him in the flesh. But Jesus did not stop at calling us blessed. He, send, he spoke of sending us a helper. In John chapter 14, starting at verse 26, it says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then further in John, chap uh, John chapter 16, starting at verse 7, it says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. If we skip ahead to verse 12, it says, I have still many things to say to you. This is Jesus speaking. But you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he speaks, or whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is a gift to us, a gift wrapped in peace unlike any peace this world has to offer you. The Holy Spirit was given to live in us, to fill us, to help us, to guide us into all truth that is found in our salvation through Jesus. For us to walk in who we are in Christ, we need the Holy Spirit to do his work of revealing to us and teaching us more and more of who we are in this great unfolding story of creation. God planned for the Holy Spirit to reside inside each one of us that put our faith in Jesus, to reside within us despite our human limitations and capabilities. His plan was always to put this powerful, perfect strength inside these weakened human vessels for us to contain the Spirit of God, to be alive with this Spirit, to live as a new creation where the old patterns of sin have no hold over you, to live in this state of blessing. This was God's plan. So when my humanity gets really loud and feels displaced like I don't know what I'm doing, God is okay with that because he gave the answer in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit after Jesus' departure. He knew how this whole being human thing that we're doing, being made in God's image, how it was going to work and how much we would need to be filled with his spirit. And so this morning I want to invite um, the Holy Spirit to remind us who we are in Christ. And as we already saw this morning with the worship and what was being said, the question I have for you is, are you open to the Spirit teaching you and revealing more to you? Are you open to taking that posture that Brad was talking about, of doing this? I want to read some Bible verses to you that highlight what, what else is also available 
to you because you put your faith in Jesus. And as I read out these things, I pray for that openness in you to happen. To have the Holy Spirit identify to you and even highlight to you if any of these truths maybe you're not even living in. Maybe you aren't believing some of these things that I'm going to read out about your position in Christ because you've forgotten them. Or even before today, maybe you didn't even know about them. And so I'm going to encourage you to receive this morning. So I'm actually going to pray before I start reading these out. So Father God, we just ask, like your scriptures say, that you pour out your spirit upon us at this moment. We recognize that your spirit does reside in us when we confess that Jesus is Lord. And so Lord, even that mixture of the two, of you outpouring more of your spirit and stirring up the spirit that's inside of us, Lord, we just pray that as I read out these things of who we are in Christ, Lord, that you can just impact who we are in our core, that we will hear you of the places in which we need to receive and live out of. In Jesus' name, amen. These are in no particular order, but the first one I want to read, that in Christ we are God's children. You have somewhere to belong. A family much greater than any natural family, you are a child of God. There is something powerful about belonging. To be loved is amazing, but to belong is invaluable. It says in Galatians 3, verse 26, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Can you receive that this morning? God, have your spirit revealed to that to me again, that I am a child of God, no longer a slave to fear like we sing on Sunday mornings, but a child of God. I belong here. Second one is, in Christ we are forgiven. In Ephesians 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. God, can you remind me again how forgiven I am? That even in my struggle with sin, my starting point inside is always a starting point of forgiveness that you forgive me again and again, and I stand simply forgiven. Let me be quick to forgive others because of this great gift to me. God, is there someone I even need to forgive today? In Christ, we are reconciled to God. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18, it says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Not only were you reconciled to God, not only is that relationship been reestablished, that God in you and you in him, we can go on to read that in Christ, you are a dwelling place. In 2 Corinthians, or sorry, Ephesians 2, verse 22, it says, in him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. God, show me what it means to have you dwelling inside of me. That despite my limitations and capacity right now, God lives inside. Which means wherever I go, I'm bringing the presence of you, God, with me into those spaces. God, can you help me to walk in the humility needed to receive this? 
In Christ, it says there's no condemnation, which means no disapproval, no disappointment. In fact, in Christ, we are holy and blameless. In Romans 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no judgment, no disapproval for those that are in Christ Jesus. And in Ephesians 1, verse 4, it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. God, help me not stand in that place where I see you as disapproving of me of wanting to punish me, but instead, God, help me walk in this holiness that you say I am because of Jesus. And if you think being holy and blameless is mind-blowing, the next one is, in Christ, we are the righteousness of God. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God, what is this generosity that you extend to me over and over again in Jesus? You make us holy and blameless and completely right with God. I know how I think. I know how I act often doesn't reflect this. But I, and I am to blame when I do things and I make mistakes and I even do things against your word. But yet you say in Christ that this is my starting point. That I am holy and blameless and righteous. Now, if I started with that, how would that impact all the wrong I know that I do? God, have your spirit show me how to live in this truth. In Christ, we are triumphant. And when it's speaking of this triumphant, it is speaking of the state of being joyful despite the ongoing struggles. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14, it says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphant procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. God, help me receive joy this morning, a joy that spreads outward, that fragrance, I love that description, that fragrance of God, that it spread out and speak your goodness to everywhere that I go. And the last one is, in Christ we are created for good works. In Ephesians 2 verse 10 it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God, what good work do you have me to walk in even today? And that's not all of them. There's more and more in Christ Bible verses and statements that you can go and study in Scripture. But we need this Holy, the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to continue to teach us what this all looks like in our lives. And I want to encourage you to even pull out that Bible app that you have on your phone or the Bible that you have sitting at home and spend some time in the Word again at the start of this new year. I want to increase that hunger to read His Word so that the Spirit has more to show you. The great thing about the Bible app is that you can look up words and do just a quick word study. Read verses that say, in Christ. Read verses that say, Holy Spirit or the Spirit. Or even look up the word grace and you can get lost in all these beautiful scriptures surrounding grace. And then you can let the Spirit of God be that ultimate life coach to you, showing you how to apply all that you're reading in the word so that you can be more grounded in whatever you find yourself doing. 
I want to invite the worship team to come back up here. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're able to so as we go into this last song. I always like the opportunity of how worship gives us a chance to sing out truths that we also hear spoken. Because there's a different part of our being that sings than that that listens or that speaks. And so when we get to sing out the truths of who we are, we even sang of that, some of that this morning already, that it helps us to be able to receive more on different levels. And so Father God, as we go into this final song together, but all that was spoken out this morning, all that was sung out this morning, and this invitation that we're seeing by you, that we become more open and take that posture of openness and surrender to your spirit once again. Lord, we just pray that we will see the impact of that in our lives. That we will see the difference it makes living out of who you say we are in Christ before any other identifier is put on us. So we just thank you for your presence of your spirit. Thank you for the peace that you promised that comes, Lord, and let that first be evident to us even in this service together now, that as we go into closing this time together, your peace be present. Though with whatever we are struggling with, whatever we feel like we don't know what we're doing with, that we start from that place of absolute peace that is beyond our understanding. So we just thank you in Jesus' name, amen.